This is the Weather Lounge here at Weatherworks. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Weather Lounge, your favorite go-to podcast about weather. I'm your host, meteorologist Brad Miller, and I would like to thank you for joining us from here at our Weatherworks headquarters in Actstown, New Jersey. And joining me, as always, is my supremely talented co-host, meteorologist Mike Mahalik. Hello there, Mike. Hey, Brad. How's it going today? It's going okay. I, I think I think you wrote that intro. I didn't write that. I don't remember using the word supremely to uh, describe you. <laughs> I've used other words, but not supremely. Uh, well, hey, you know, uh, I, maybe I had a little bit of a hand in that. Who knows? <laughs> possibly. <laughs> possibly. You know, usually I get these things, but I let that one slide. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, anyway, Brad, uh, today uh, we have an interesting episode here. I mean... Uh, we have a school superintendent with us. Yeah, yeah, um, we're we're getting guests now uh, all the time on our podcast. I mean, we had Frank, of course, and then we, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we had John Crandall, and we had uh, uh, Tom Spring, and now we have a superintendent of schools from New Jersey, which is also uh, one of our big uh, clientele. Yeah, um, his name's Ed Kemp. He'll be with us right after this intro, but uh, you know, I uh, think he's going to have a lot of insight because you remember Brad as a kid. You know, you're always hanging on that radio, well, listening to those school closings, waiting for your school to go. Um, and honestly, that's some of the reason why I think some people even got into weather. Um, <laughs> yeah, there was nothing like the, uh, the uh, I guess, not the anxiety, I guess the... Uh, well, it was a little of. bit. It was like an anxious wait to see if your school was yeah. going to be on the list. Yeah, but if um, you knew there was snow in the forecast and, and you know, you were thinking about the next day and... Should I do my homework or not? That, that was the chance you always took. That was always the chance you took, and then uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you had the day off the next day uh, with a with a good snowstorm. But uh, yeah, there's nothing like that as as growing up as a kid. And I grew up in New Jersey too, so you know, uh, school closings. Uh, you know, we had the list on the radio. I'm kind of aging myself here, but right. we would sit there and listen to WCTC in New Brunswick for all the Central Jersey uh, school okay. closings and delays, and uh, I'd have to always wait for Edison. And uh, I was always hoping for the day off. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, and it's not just the school closings, too. You know, we're, we're talking about, you know, sports, uh, mm-hmm. trips, concerts, graduations. There's a lot of things that can be affected um, by, um, you know, the weather. Um, so, you know, hey, let's uh, enough of our chatter. Let's uh, have Ed come in here. Um, We're going to take a short break here, everybody, so stay with us. Have you ever wanted to know exactly how much snow or ice just fell in your backyard? Or how much snow you just plowed from that two-acre parking lot? How about getting documentation that explains why you applied several applications of salt to a busy apartment complex? When it comes down to snow and ice verification, it can be a headache trying to find accurate totals for the busy winter season. Certified snowfall totals from Weatherworks provide a stress-free way to get reliable information for the exact location you need. It is your complete winter weather verification platform. For more information, visit CertifiedSnowfallTotals.com today or call us at 908-850-8600. When you think weather, think Weatherworks. Hello and welcome back to the Weather Lounge here at Weatherworks. I'm your co-host, meteorologist Brad Miller. And... uh, Again, we have a very special guest with us today. He is uh, 
Ed Kemp, and he's a he was a school superintendent for 27 years, 10 years at Mansfield Township, which is uh, just up the road from us here at Weatherworks, uh, here in Northwest New Jersey. And he's also uh, was the president of the Warren County Superintendents Association from 2015 to 2017. So, without further ado, Ed Kemp, welcome to the Weather Lounge. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. So, uh, so Ed, just to give us a little, a uh, little more background here on uh, what you did, and uh, again, we we deal with a lot of schools uh, when we uh, have our wintertime clientele, especially uh, here at Weatherworks. And uh, you know, again, we don't tell schools to close or delay; they call us for the uh, advice on what to do. And uh, you know, these these uh, these um, you know different mm-hmm. uh, kinds of decisions are made very early in the morning and crucial decisions at that. So, uh, you know, again, uh, this gives a little more background and, and talk about, you know, what kind of goes into uh, where WeatherWorks uh, gets involved and, and uh, you know, how you came to be, uh, you know, the superintendent uh, where you were for so many years. Um, actually, I was superintendent for, for the 10 years, like you mentioned, at Mansfield. And uh, before that, I was a teacher in Tewksbury for a number of years. And once things uh, changed over there, I felt it was time for me to move on. And I was fortunate enough to put out a a resume to Mansfield and get hired as their principal, where I spent three years in that position and then transferred up to the superintendent's position, where then I was really responsible for weather decisions. And uh, getting WeatherWorks on board was one of the key decisions that I made. Uh, because it is such a difficult process in trying to decide whether you're going to close school or not. So, Ed, um, with the um, with these school closings, let's get like right into it here. I mean, obviously, the weather really plays into what you're going to do with the school. So, like, let's 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 go through that. Like, how does the process work here? I mean, from from the start. Um, when we first have a threat in the forecast, what are you guys thinking about? How does it go from there? As soon as snow is in the forecast, the process does begin. It'll be text back and forth between the superintendents. We were in a, a unique situation uh, where I work because we had five elementary schools, each with their own superintendent. And then, of course, uh, the Warren Hills Middle School and the Warren Hills High School. So we were the Warren Hills cluster. So you had uh, six different superintendents that were going to be involved in in the call. We used to try to be on the same page. So as soon as you'd have the the forecast come out, uh, text, emails back and forth, it looks like we're going to have some decisions to make. You had staff jumping in. They'd catch you in the hallways if they wanted a snow day, start uh, <laughs> prepping you, saying, hey, the forecast looks bad. Do you, you might want to be thinking about a snow day. Yeah, everybody's trying to get that insider information before the actual call, huh? Right. You'd be out at the bus and parents coming up to make a pickup of a child say, uh, what are you thinking about for tomorrow? Seeing <laughs> if they can get that. So they're not sitting by waiting for the uh, you know, the phone call to come in to find out if you're closing. Uh, but it would really start very, very early in the morning with a call to Weatherworks. I was the uh, go-to guy for our cluster with talking to WeatherWorks. And the reason I went to WeatherWorks originally was there are too many forecasts out there Mm -hmm. and everybody would be listening to a different forecast. Uh, You'd have so much different confusing information coming in 
to try to make a call and you never were sure whether it had to do with your specific area, mm. uh, what the timing really was going to be. And so you were kind of blindly making decisions, which could make you look pretty bad. <laughs> right. I no. Think- and I understand that. I mean, uh, you know, and that's, and that's kind of the difference that you see there. I mean, maybe if you're looking at, you know, the, a newscast or something like that, yeah, they're saying snow is going to be arriving in the morning, but maybe they're not giving you those specifics that you're looking for because you have to make that call, you know, at a certain time. I'm sure there's a deadline for when you have to make a call, whether you're going to close or delay, right? Yeah, we used to shoot for five o'clock because five o'clock a.m. because we had a high school involved, and they put the buses on the road much earlier than the elementary schools did. So by four thirty in the morning, I would usually get on the phone to WeatherWorks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could talk directly to a meteorologist, which was the 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 great benefit of that. I could find out exactly what it looked like for our specific area. And and my main concerns were, can I get the students into school? And more importantly, if I get them into school, can I get them home safely? WeatherWorks would give me the idea of, you know, what does it look like? When is it going to start? More importantly, they would also deal with what do they think the impact is going to be on the road? Because it's one thing to hear you're going to get two inches of snow. Well, that two inches of snow may or may not stick. Mm-hmm. Um, three inches of snow isn't going to bother you if it's just on grassy surfaces. But if it's going to be impacting the pavement, uh, then then you're going to make a, a different type of call. So that was the benefit of talking to WeatherWorks. So that's the primary goal, right, is to keep those students safe when we're making these closings and delays. Exactly. You want to be able to get the staff and students in safely and get them home safely. You know, you do worry about those days where you call a snow day and no snowfalls and you wind (laughs) up. I can remember those days consistently going to the window and staring out there and saying, where is the snow? Uh, But worse yet is you don't call off school. You get the kids into school and you get them stranded there bus accidents on the way home. So uh, that's that's really your major concern. You want to err on the side of caution. So Ed, right. um, how many times, let me ask you this, this is a, and, and this is a rare uh, occurrence, but uh, can you think of, or I guess, uh, have you ever called off school the day before when you knew it was going to snow the next day, or at least the, the we- you know, weather works or our forecasts were just adamant about the snow and it was going to be a big one too. I guess there's thresholds for that. Uh, we, we don't have a specific threshold, but yes, WeatherWorks did play a factor in us being able to do that. And there were a few times uh, when we did make the call uh, the night before. Uh-huh. Um, I, I was always a fan of, unless the, the, uh, it was a definite storm of waiting till the morning, right. especially if snow was not going to start till maybe seven in the morning to see if right. that time was going to shift at all. But when we had uh, a high confidence factor from WeatherWorks and that, you know, it was going to be a definite storm, very little chance of a miss, then we would make the call at night because you didn't want to be waking people up at, you know, right. five o'clock. Five yeah, like, like if maybe the snow was going to start at midnight and you're expecting, you know, six to 12 inches and it's pretty much a slam dunk that you're not going to have school in the morning and you don't want to 
you don't want to mess with it at 4.30. Sometimes if it was a little questionable, but you're still pretty confident, sometimes we would make a call for a delayed opening. That would allow us to push our decision-making off from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. Right. So it let people that just kind of buys you some time in the morning, I guess. Right, to make sure nothing has changed and then uh, give the people a chance to sleep in a little bit longer before they got our wake-up call. Man, I tell you what, when I was a kid, <laughs> I used to love when that call came at night. I mean, that, that made it all better. All that, oh, yeah. all that waiting, you know, yeah, I, I was your, like, your time just changed from uh, nine o'clock to 11 o'clock. <laughs> yeah. And it was always like such a surprise because it never really happened at night. And it was very rare. Yeah. And when it did, you were just like rejoicing, like, oh my God, they called off school. You're like calling your friends, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever it might be. My wife appreciated that especially because, uh, yeah. We, when we got married, she's a, she was a teacher in, in my school and mm-hmm. she thought it would be so wonderful to be able to find out when school was going to be closed <laughs> and not have to wait around for the phone call. But when the phone call started coming in at four thirty in the morning and texting back and forth and me wandering the house and getting my messages prepared, uh, she quickly found out that it wasn't so, uh, so fun to have uh, to be in on the inside she'd rather be waiting for the phone call hey ed you don't have to answer this but was there a persuasion factor from your wife like ah oh, come on just just give them the day off it's, <laughs> it's bad out there and just give all the kids and the teachers the day off i did get that once in a while <laughs> yeah she understood i had to make the call based on the best data but she she did try to influence me that's for yeah sure. that's pretty good you know so ed i'm looking over some of your background here but not only were you a teacher and a superintendent but also um you were a coach for many years too right yes yeah i coached wrestling for 24 years so uh that was you know during the winter season so we always had to be careful about weather back then oh i see see like now i didn't even think about that i'm thinking like well the wrestlers they're they're in the wrestling room, like, well, you know, what do they care what the weather is outside? But I guess if you're having a meet, it's a different story, right? Yeah, I coached a, uh, I had second graders through eighth graders on my uh, wrestling team. And our matches were Thursday evenings at seven o'clock. And often we were going to be out on the roads to 10, 10 30 before we got home. Mm-hmm. And we traveled mm-hmm. from Tewksbury out to Jefferson and Roxbury. And so we had some traveling that we did. So, uh, on occasion or so, I was friends with Frank Lombardo, so we didn't have weather works back then. So if the weather was iffy, uh, I might impose on my friendship once in a while and <laughs> give him a give him a call and say, "Can I get out there safely and get back uh, and hold this meet?" Uh, but I also yeah. talked with his wife, so uh, I see. I didn't, I didn't feel so bad in infringing <laughs> on him. Well, not only so you, that, you'd have you have the parents of the kids driving to these meets too, and you know I would imagine there's safety involved for that too. You don't want all the parents driving and then you know getting stuck halfway there or on the way back. That's that's true. They're very cautious about that. Yeah, but that's interesting. So you knew uh, our CEO Frank Lombardo for a long time, even before you had the ser- service. Yes, yes, uh, I, I knew Frank back when he had his. Uh, his weather station in his house and I uh, <laughs> used to go in there. He'd show me all the, the, the weather gear and uh, used to have him over. I had a, I used to run a, a luau party in the backyard. 
My neighbors used to call it Club Ed. And oh, there you go. <laughs> we used to have a big party. And I remember this was years and years ago. You know, we used to invite Frank and his wife. And uh, one year he wasn't going to be able to make it. But there was a uh, hurricane coming up the coast or some kind of big storm. And uh, right. I remember calling Frank and saying, do I have a window to get the party in before? <laughs> and sure <laughs> enough, he called it right for me. I was able to get the party in and just before the, the major storm hit. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think uh, many people know this, but uh, apparently you did a little DJing on the side. I got to say, um, when we had our 30th anniversary party for uh, the company Weatherworks, I got a, I think there was a guy who looked awful lot like you. <laughs> who was yes, running I, those songs i confess i'm i was guilty party i was there <laughs> DJing for you guys it was a great evening um <laughs> i got into djing back when i was teaching because the school would have dances and they really didn't have a budget to hire a dj so i started uh gathering up some music and djing and realized it was pretty expensive to buy all that music and keep up with all the new songs. And so I wound up starting a business and I've been uh, DJing ever since on the side. So are you still a DJ? <laughs> I am. Yes. I just, nice. I just a, uh, finally got a job again after everything's been closed down with COVID. Uh, there was a Marine, uh, a Marine birthday party uh, just last weekend on Friday. So I, that was my first DJ job now for a while. Mike, why would you even ask a question like that? Once a DJ, always a DJ. Come on, man. Well, hey, man, I, I don't know. I mean, he could have. No, maybe, I, I maybe there's a lot of things that I, I don't know about DJing that, uh, <laughs> you know, are just too stressful. But it seems like a kind of a kind of cool uh, gig to have, you know, where you're just kind of spinning songs for people. Yeah, I used to use the my DJ background even in the process of the uh, school closings. Um, oh, now, come on now. What are you talking about, Ed? <laughs> if, you're get, if you're going to be waking people up at 5.30 in the morning, sending out a message to them, I, I know they're glad to get the information as kids are anyway, that school is closed, but I, I like to make it a little bit more fun. So I would always grab a song, uh, a snippet of a song, about 20, 30 seconds of music that would always start the message. And then I would go in with our uh, our closing message at the time, which is what I became known for. like. Such as one time I used wheels on the bus, go round and round, and said, well, not this morning. They're not going to be going around. Uh, and use corny songs, you know, cold as ice, uh, slip sliding away, you know, those, those kind of songs weather people like. I'm going to say you should have wrapped the message to all your, all your teachers and stuff. That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, no, I, unfortunately, if you heard my voice, uh, as far as singing was concerned, they, they appreciate I don't do that. <laughs> well, I, I didn't have such a, such an interesting uh, uh, musical thing on cancellations when I was young. I know that, but uh, that is that is pretty cool. And, uh, you know, it, it's, you know, talking about DJs, but, you know, I don't think people realize how many other activities may be affected by the weather um when uh you know you're a school superintendent um so i mean i know at your school you didn't have too much in the way of sports after school right uh, we didn't but the uh, high school did and they they were part of you know our, our cluster had the, the service so uh 
the the uh, they would certainly use it for sporting events. Uh, they would mm -hmm. have an outdoor graduation ceremony. You know, can they be outside or are they going to have to limit people and be inside? You've got your class trips where you're wondering, you know, are you going to be able to get there with clear weather or do you have to postpone it, your concerts? So, yeah, there are a tremendous amount of events that really <clears throat> require us to have some good knowledge about what the weather is going to be doing. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking about, you know, just football games and things like that. I'm sure, you know, I, with those, I mean, usually they play a football game, but I mean, is there anything that would, you know, cause that football game to be canceled? Um, I guess if it was very, very severe weather, I, you know, I, I didn't have a whole lot to do with that aspect of it because I wasn't, uh, you know, at my level, was, we were a K to six schools. I wasn't in on necessarily those decisions, uh, but they're pretty resilient with football. I think they would soldier on most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. I think the only thing that really concerns football is if there's going to be, you know, thunderstorms, lightning, things right. like that for the, for the fans and, and, and for the students who are playing. Um, but, you know, I'm sure there were plenty of, uh, you know, trips and, and, and graduations and things like that. They're also affected. Um, our fifth grade used to go down to uh, Sandy Hook uh, for a whole outdoor uh, experience. And certainly if it was going to be extremely rainy, they would want to postpone that trip to another time. Our sixth grade used to go to Dorney Park, certainly wanted to have a nice day for that and had to be aware of what the weather situation was going to be. Ed, Ed uh, take, take us back to Hurricane Sandy. Um, you know, that's a little bit out of the ordinary. You know, you have the snowstorms, you have the weather delays and early dismissals. But what uh, how was that week? I mean, was your school closed for a long time or was that more of a state decision? Uh, we were closed for quite a while, and that started to talk about preparation for for closings. Uh, that started days in advance. I knew that storm was coming. I uh, met with the Office of Emergency Management, was meeting with the fire departments, police departments, you know, all coordinating with the school uh, because we at one point had been a Red Cross shelter. Uh, we also were a shelter for our, our town. Um, so we were a large part of that. Plus we had the best ability to reach out to, uh, the local community through our, uh, Honeywell system, uh, to be able to broadcast out messages to people. So while power was down, uh, in places, if they had cell phones, uh, that I was helping the town to get its message out and, um, send out messages as to, when the school would be open so people could come in to charge the devices or to get water mm. um, and those types of things. So that we were very active during uh, Superstorm Sandy. Yeah, I mean, that, that was definitely a good question. I think that kind of leads into, Ed, um, you know, obviously Sandy was a incredible storm. Um, do you remember one of the, what's like the most craziest uh, <laughs> um, weather event that you might have dealt with uh, as a superintendent and as, in terms of closing the schools, do we close, do we not, those decisions being made? The worst one that I can remember on the outside of 
Superstorm Sandy that that really caught us by surprise was that surprise October snowstorm mm. back in 2008. Um, that we really didn't have much of a choice. Nobody saw it coming. Mm. Uh, I happened to be a first year superintendent. And I was down in Atlantic City for our school board's convention. Oh, I had left behind uh, my new principal who started October 1st <laughs> and was just just starting to learn the, the school. And all of a sudden we had this amazing snowstorm that, that nobody saw coming. And that was one of the worst case scenarios that you worry about because the students were already in school. Now, what do you do? How do you get them home? Uh, mm. Mansfield is very hilly, a lot of back roads, a lot of mountainous area. And so we had students stranded in the building because there was no oh, way boy. for buses to get them home. And I'm on the phone in Atlantic City talking to my, my principal, trying to coordinate things. Uh, the high school su superintendent had come over because Mansfield were the worst of the roads. So he was kind of uh, in a command post at our school trying to work with my principal to figure things out. And we were looking at the possibility of having to serve dinner, uh, possibly mm -hmm. have students have to sleep over in the building. And uh, fortunately... Uh, we were able to have parents come and get their students home so nobody had to stay over overnight. But that was probably the most hectic uh, situation that we dealt with. Wow. Well, that must have been before you had Weatherworks for sure, I I'm hoping. <laughs> that, was, that was definitely before we had Weatherworks. <laughs> yeah, because I was going to say, um, you know, usually, uh, you know, here at Weatherworks, we're pretty on top of even those early season storms. I mean, I remember the one that happened in October of, uh, I think it was 2011. 11? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you remember that one, Ed, but that was a... a another early snow event where a lot of elevations, um, you know, through New Jersey and even all the way through New England had, uh, several inches of snow. I mean, New England had even two feet of snow in some cases, um, from that system. I think down around Hackettstown and around Mansfield, I think there was about, you know, uh, seven or eight inches, something to that effect. Yeah. Having weatherworks definitely makes a difference. So I, I wish I had had them back <laughs> I go, going into the, uh, you know, you had talked about, you know, what are we doing in the morning? And I had mentioned that, you know, contacting Weatherworks was first thing that we did. And usually each superintendent would internally uh, start to gather information. As I said, I gathered the information from Weatherworks for everybody. But then I would also have to reach out to my road department supervisor uh, to find out what the road conditions were. I'd reach out to the police, call police dispatch, and they would have an officer out on the roads call me back so uh, the police could let me know what they were dealing with and what they were thinking. Uh, obviously, talking to your head of buildings and grounds, if the roads are okay, what about the building itself? Are mm -hmm. we able to get the parking lots open? Are we able to get the sidewalks safe for the students coming into to school. Uh, and then once each of us individually knew the situation in our district, then we would all communicate 
And as I said, try to be on the same page if we could uh, in making a collective decision about closing. We also had somebody from our cluster who reached out to all the other schools in the county so that not only were we monitoring what we as a cluster felt we should do, we were trying to see what every other district in the county was thinking at the time. Uh, you don't want to be out there on your own uh, making a decision. It's best to have some collective idea of what everybody feels is the safest option for the school day. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good point, uh, Ed. I, I didn't realize that all of that legwork went into it, too. You know, you're just on my end. We're just thinking about the forecast and giving you guys the best start times, end times and amounts. Um, but, uh, you know, I never thought about, you know, contacting police, road departments. How are how are all the roads doing around your district? I mean, that's that's I didn't realize that portion of it. That's where sometimes it got tricky with our our decision making because we we did kind of want to be consistent, but you might since every town has a different road department, I might reach out to my road department and say they say, "Hey, we've got five people out today and we're really working shorthanded, so there's no way we can have your roads ready for a regular opening or possibly even open uh time to have school. Now, if that's a, an individual case, you know, do the other. Now, the, the high school certainly is affected by those roads because they're picking up students from every town. But if that's a Mansfield situation, does an Oxford need to close if their road department is able to clear their roads since they're not dealing with Mansfield? So that, mm -hmm. that got a little uh, tricky, but it, seldom, seldom did you have that incident. And it's funny that you say how you were talking to other districts and things like that, um, because I always would remember, even when I was young, that if one district closed, then I knew that I was going to close because there was a there was one that was a uh, Bangor school district and, and also Easton school district uh, near Nazareth school district. And those always came before N. So <laughs> so I knew if those two closed, I'm like, oh, I have a really good chance here. Yeah. um of closing but it's, it's uh, probably more like domino effect though wouldn't it be Ed? just i mean if one closes and you guys all kind of follow suit or most of the time that's the way it went and because we were we were interdependent on on some of the schools are very interdependent because you have a high threshold of uh, efficiency that you need in your busing so the state requires you to have efficient busing so a lot of districts share routes so like our buses will uh, do a high school run and then we'll also do a run for Mansfield and that boosts your efficiency, which the state is looking at. So therefore, if Warren Hills were decide to decide that they need a delayed opening, um, even though they're out on their roads earlier and it might be OK for me, once they delay, that's going to force me to delay because right. I use the same buses on the same route. Mm -hmm. so. Uh, really, uh, within the cluster, you were pretty much interdependent. Yeah, a lot of logistics there involved too with that uh, busing. Another thing that I would have never thought about. <laughs> I, I would think the early dismissals are probably the most difficult to decide on, and it, 
to me, and granted, we've never missed a forecast ever at Weatherworks, but <laughs> if the precipitation comes in early, it seems like that's what the early dismissal is more for. It's a function of maybe the weather's changing a little faster than it was first thought or, you know, because probably most of the time you want to get the school day in. But I mean, if that snow is not supposed to come in until like four or five o'clock in the evening, or you think you can get everyone home in time, but let's say it does arrive early. That's probably the only reason for most early dismissals, I would imagine. I mean, if it's going to be really close, I would say you probably just, just shut for the day, right? Uh, yes. If it was going to be close, you, you want to, the last thing you really wanted to do is an early dismissal. Uh, delayed openings are pretty easy to do and uh, closings are, are easy to do. The early dismissal really wreaks havoc on the, the school uh, number one, you're usually trying to make that decision by 10 o'clock, uh, maybe 11 o'clock at the latest in the morning uh, when you're going to do an early dismissal. At least we always had to cancel lunches because mm -hmm. you have to get in a certain amount of time in order for the day to count as uh, a day of school to have enough academic time. We didn't serve lunches when there was going to be an early dismissal. So it's you know, reaching out to your cafeteria people and staff and saying, you know, uh, you're not needed today. We, we really can't serve our lunches. And then, you know, do parents, you know, have somebody home to meet, meet the kids when they're getting this? Right. Oh, I never message. even thought about that. Yeah. 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 And, and, and again, that's, that's another reason why we try to coordinate uh, throughout the cluster with the high school because. At least uh, if we're all doing the same thing, those high school kids, if they have younger siblings, they're home. Uh, if a mm. parent can't be to watch, watch the siblings when they mm. get home. Uh, but yeah, that's, you know, you're sending out a message saying we're sending your kids home early and you're hoping that parents have made the provisions. There's always uh, a couple of students who are brought back to school because nobody was there to get mm. them at the bus stop. And then you have mm. to call and have the parents come pick them up at school. Yeah, I would, uh, you know, that's got to be one of the hardest thing on the parents, I would say, would be those uh, early dismissals. I'm sure there's been some unhappy uh, parents uh, in the past based on decisions, but I would imagine the early dismissal causes the most havoc uh, rather yeah. than a closing. Yeah, you will have you will have parents who, you know, even get upset at the late openings because rightfully they have mm -hmm. to get to work. Mm. And, you know, when there's a delayed opening, they can't drop a student off at school. We uh, we have a before care program uh, that would normally run at seven o'clock in the morning that parents could take advantage of. But when there's uh, bad weather and we have a delayed opening, that program doesn't run. So, you know, a parent is now. Uh, dropping a student off at 10:25, and versus mm. uh, being able to drop them off at seven o'clock if they're working with a before care program, so that makes it difficult to report to your job and uh, to carry out the responsibilities that they have as well. So, Ed, I know, um, I know you're retired now from being a superintendent, but uh, you know, with with what we've been going over the past year here with uh, COVID and all that, and a lot of virtual learning uh, going on for a lot of school districts. What do you think of those snow days now? Um, do you think that's something that will be a thing of the past? Or do you think we'll still have snow days? 
I mean, I, mm. maybe my my daughter might want to listen to this too, <laughs> because yeah. she's a little bit concerned too that she won't have a snow day ever. Yeah, it uh, might be one of those stories we tell our kids. You know, like when you used to walk two miles, three miles <laughs> back to school in the fourth to school uphill in the snow. You know that. Hey, we used to have snow days, and we actually got to go out and play, and we didn't have to do work for school on those days. Um, <laughs> So far, the Department of Education hasn't really wanted to uh, let up the virtual learning and, uh, and allow it to happen. They, they did just, in, uh, back in 2014, uh, one school district had asked if they could, they had used up their allotted snow days and asked to do a pilot program uh, to do virtual learning. And despite the fact that they did have 96% of their students participate, during those virtual learning days, uh, the Department of Edu Education uh, denied the request to mm. be able to use those to count toward the 180 days. Hmm. So that's kind of kept it at a standstill. But now in uh, April 2020, uh, legislature just passed a bill allowing emergency, uh, if there's an emergency uh, declared, and schools closed for three consecutive school days, superintendents can uh, do remote learning. But that doesn't mm. still account for the snow day because most day, snow days are only going to be one day or maybe two days. So still there's not, uh, it doesn't say that they can do remote learning. Uh, my understanding, I reached out to our superintendent, I'm, I'm currently uh, vice president of the school board in Washington Township where I live. And I was asking him about this, will the snow day go away? And he said his understanding right now, since we're in this state of emergency with COVID, is that the Department of Education will let them, uh, as of right now, uh, do a remote learning day mm -hmm. on a snow day. Um, other superintendents say it really hasn't been clearly Define that that's allowable. Uh, he feels it is, and it will count toward the 180 days. So his hmm. his plan right now, while COVID is going on, is to uh, do remote learning on a snow day. Um, but he said, as far as the future is concerned, once COVID is over and and we're back to some normalcy, uh, we'll have to wait and see whether the snow day will live on. I hope it does. That that's something that. You know, just as a kid to enjoy, you know, especially when you're in grade school. I mean, there's nothing better. Again, we talked about that earlier. There's nothing better than a snow day in the middle of winter. I mean, it's just, yep. it's kind of part of growing up, I think. Yeah. I, I got to agree. Even as a teacher, I used to, <laughs> yeah. I used to sit by the radio or the phone and wait for that snow day call to come in. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, kids want to have fun, go out sledding, build snowmen, have snowball fights, whatever they want. And, you know, to not have a snow day would be tough. And I think, there's uh even i think what was it uh, i think it was waterbury connecticut possibly um that said something to their town saying that um um with everything that's been changing and all the different things that's been happening in 2020 will not get rid of the snow day you'll still have a snow day this year yeah. <laughs> um to keep those kids like with a little sense of normalcy of how a school year typically runs um even if you allow a few of them, you know, because most most districts right now build in three, four, five snow right. days. 
You know, I could see if it's a situation where it's a crazy winter and you're going to be going all summer long or have to go on Saturdays because you've used up so many days, but uh, should allow at least a few snow days in there. <laughs> well, I would have to say, uh, Ed, I, I think I have just one more question for you, and that would be, has there anything not related to weather that has caused a school closing uh, for you guys? Good one. Yeah, we uh, we had some sewer problems at at one point. Um, <laughs> schools can wind up with, with, I guess, burst pipes would be weather related because of of pipes freezing and then sure. uh, bursting. That's caused some some closures sometimes. Uh, power outages, uh, again, normally weather related, but could be just uh, something else uh, that closed. And we had one time where our uh, we have uh, infrared lighting that's, that uh, purifies the water, UV lights, and uh, they went out one time, so it stopped the flow of water, so no hmm. water, can't, hmm. can't have school. So. Yeah, no, that's, that's understanding. And I, I remember even um, uh, early on uh, when I started at WeatherWorks, I got several calls from school districts saying they wanted to know what the temperature was going to be tonight because when it got really really cold then they would have to have a delayed uh, opening no they had to plug in their buses oh. Oh. um to keep those engine blocks warm or else the buses wouldn't start and that can happen um with uh with diesel usually buses are diesel and um i know that from my snow plowing days when i had a uh, my plow truck parked in front of the house and I couldn't get it started because I didn't have it plugged in and the engine block heater on because then that diesel fuel gets kind of gelled up in the engine uh, and it won't start. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, that's another aspect that you don't really think of what could cause a school delay to happen. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I know there's other times when they'll even have a delay if it's just too cold. Uh, you know, it may not be precipitating or anything. It's just sunny, but you know, if the wind chill is going to be down around minus 10 or something, they don't want the kids standing out in the bus stop. So uh, sometimes they'll have a delay like that. Uh, I know here in Pennsylvania, now they've built in one, two and three hour delays where, where my kid goes in Pocono Mountain. And so they kind of have that option. Well, this is, of course, before COVID, but, you know, where they have the uh, they have a couple of hour different options to uh, to delay, uh, depending upon whether it's uh, too cold or actual just a weather situation. Yeah, we were, uh, we have, our delay was always a two hour delay. And my last year, we had a couple of situations where you had that tremendous wind chill factor. And we, mm -hmm. we did have to call a delay on multiple occasions. Well, uh, Ed, uh, I think that about wraps it up here for the podcast. I, I really appreciate you, come, appreciate you coming uh, to our show here. Um, I think there's a lot of good information out there uh, with weather and how schools react that um many people might not know about my pleasure and i i would encourage anybody that has not decided to go with uh weather works yet that that's something they really should should utilize <laughs> those are those are uh tricky decisions you have to make i used to second guess my superintendent when i was a teacher and think i thought i knew better i realized it's not as easy as it seems from the outside and being able to talk to somebody and have, you know, everybody talks about data 
these yeah. days and you have to make data informed decisions you know it, it's just invaluable to to be able to talk to somebody who can tell you what's happening ed i think i'm going to hire you for uh sales and marketing for <laughs> <laughs> uh, weatherworks because um you know i i really appreciate uh uh, all the accolades you gave our company here. And, and uh, you know, it makes me feel good that we're there for you and we're, we're, we're helping you make decisions and helping make that decision a little bit easier uh, for a lot of the school districts out there. And uh, so, Ed, hey, I'm so glad that you came on the program today. And uh, hopefully in the future, uh, we, could, we could even have you back if we have something more to talk about. Well, yeah, we'll do that uh, AC, though, after COVID. Hopefully yes. This, uh, hopefully, this yeah. thing's gonna be over with shortly, at least next summer. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, hopefully, it sounds like you got some of those dogs in the background going on there. So, unfortunately, oh. my my wife just came down and put them out. But uh, <laughs> well, I'm that's sorry, good. Sorry that they're uh, infringing on us now. That's uh, okay. Hey, for our listeners out there, you know, we just wanted to let them know that, you know, Ed isn't being attacked by a dog or anything <laughs> in this uh, podcast. But, uh, but you know, the dogs have to go outside. And, uh, you know, just like the dogs have to go out, we're going to have to bring this to an end. So thank you, Ed, once again for being here with us. And um, maybe, like we said, we could have you on in the future. And uh, remember, guys, this is the Weather Lounge. And we'll have a new podcast every two weeks so please come back and visit us and also you could visit us on social media search weatherworks you can find us on facebook instagram linkedin youtube twitter wherever you find uh, your social media apps also give us an email weatherlounge at weatherworksinc.com if you have a topic you want to talk about or if you have a, a guest suggestion for the show we can certainly talk uh we can certainly bring that up and uh, maybe we can use that in new shows and as always you can find the weather lounge podcast on apple google spotify stitcher pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts so that's it for this show and we hope we'll see you back soon 